Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It is Friday, April 19. It is Good Friday, in fact. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky Oliveira, And I'm Japheth Oliveira. And yes, it is indeed. And uh, and tonight we actually are holding a Good Friday service uh, at our church. And yeah, I'm excited about that. Many people are probably going to be doing the same as well. And so... Uh, phenomenal week so far, great uh, passage of scripture that we've been looking at. And so let me pray for today and pray for the passage as well. Heavenly Father, as we delve into this passage one more time and we unpack it and reflect on what it means for our lives, what it meant back then as well, we ask God for your wisdom, for your guidance, for your blessing. We thank you for today, for the celebration today that indeed everything has changed. Uh, We're thankful for that. We're thankful for the promise of the future as well. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. And we are back to the translation that we started off the week with, the English Standard Version, ESV, John 20, verses 19 through 29. First subheading is, Jesus appears to the disciples. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Subheading, Jesus and Thomas. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Mm. Kind of just reflects back to our question from yesterday, but uh, yeah, I really like that. All right, here we are. Um, Is our question for today. Uh, Kate Bowler, a Duke Divinity School professor, diagnosed with stage four cancer. This is heavy. At the age of 35, said this. Churches, in general, are horrible at being sad. Have you noticed our tendency to jump to Easter Sunday? Is there any merit in reliving uh, Good Friday? Well, I think people in general are not so much horrible at being sad, but I think that we're not necessarily good at dwelling on um, maybe other people's problems. There's, mm-hmm. what do they call that, compassion fatigue? And yeah. That, that sets in. So what, what people who phrase, have... I wonder what's the phrase that would be where you have no compassion. Oh, that would be just somebody who's hard-hearted, <sighs> I suppose. There must be another phrase for it too. I mean, I've met some people 
like, like I can, that I can quite recently. I can even. understand compassion fatigue. I think some people do, you know. Oh, you mean some people don't have any compassion even at the first. Like yeah. what I'm, compassion fatigue, in case you don't know, is that people get tired of kind of bearing with somebody who's having, say, a long illness like cancer, yeah. for instance, or something that's not going to get better. Maybe someone who's dealing with grief and it does not go away quickly. And their friends just kind of get tired of... And, and stories are really hard to actually focus on that, you know. I mean, like if you're reading a, a novel or you're reading a, a biography, it's it's difficult when the, the painful parts are drawn out for a long period of time because you want to get to another space. But I don't know. I, I don't know if we don't focus on being sad. I don't know the tendency to jump to Easter Sunday. I guess we don't talk a lot about the the kind of nothingness of Saturday... Yes. I feel like we do focus on Good Friday quite a bit, though. Yeah. You know, the crucifixion. We, we, talk, we talk about the cross. I think probably the, the Saturday, the kind of nothing's happening. And I think that we don't focus on it because there's not a lot to say, perhaps. that You have to think about what silence means. There, there's silence no action a, to silence discuss. Silence is very intense because there's only a few places in the Bible where you have stories of silence being called upon mm-hmm. for people to be still and to wait um, and not see anything take place where we are we're always focused on action or we're focused on receiving or we're focused on giving but, yeah. but just to be hanging in there and and yet we all live lives of silence don't we in some shape or form well, yeah like, that's why not I think knowing the future thinking about this this could be a great metaphor looking at do they even have a day a name for Saturday like it's Good Friday and Easter Sunday does Saturday you know, I have a name? Don't know. Because it's, good, it's kind of question. a metaphor for the place that a lot of us live in, which is that mm-hmm. feeling that, you know, is God even around or listening or... And yet, that's a question that a lot have. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, and yet, many of us at some point will experience a great rejoicing, like an Easter Sunday kind of thing where, hey, God appears yeah. in some way. But when you're waiting for that to happen, it's not a foregone conclusion that it ever will for the disciples it was not a foregone conclusion that Jesus would come back. So they went through this period of time, which, you know, it wasn't a vast period of time. It was only a day and a half, I, I guess. Th- I think there's a difference between those who say you believe in God, right? And then you hit some really hard period of your life. Yeah. And then when you hit that crucible, effectively, you you really have to decide, do I still believe in, in this God when I'm going through this? And well, I, I, I think it's it, very, that's a different, that's a uh, a life-changing moment inside then. I think that's what they were going through. Things can happen to you that not only make you not know whether you believe in God, but make you question what difference does belief make? Like, Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. what difference does belief make if you can barely... Survive the day if right. pain is too physical pain is yes. too much or the emotional pain is too high. Yes, then and belief say, is just a weird abstraction. People send you a, a Bible text along and just mm-hmm. say, "Hey, you know, that should be able to take care of everything for you." Yeah, and it's true. It, it actually makes a difference when when the belief is grounded in something really that's uh, tangible for you. Hence, I think that this is why Jesus says these incredible words, and I don't think he's saying them really for for Thomas as much as he's saying it for us, which I believe is the essence from chapter 13 all the way through to this this chapter here, that the final message that Christ had was really far deeper because he starts in 13 with like, he knows this is the final sermon he's going to give. And, and in John, as he outlines, you know, the practices, the habits that he would like them to do, how they're going to love each other, he's trying to build them for this moment. And but yet, I think her point it, about hard. churches being horrible at being sad, it is kind of a... 
message in a wake-up call to all of us that on the one hand, I think if you're somebody going through stuff, you have to realize that people, other people can become fatigued by that. But if you're somebody who's not and you have a friend or, or anybody who wants to talk about the sadness that they're going to, I think you have to really be supportive in letting them do that and recognize if they're feeling the need to constantly go over this, there's some reason for that. And the thing that you can do is actually be there. Even if it's uncomfortable for you or you get tired of it or whatever, you can try to put yourself in someone else's shoes and think, you know, if I had stage four cancer, maybe this would be the only thing on my mind. It would be hard to think about anything else. And I, I, so I think that that's actually why it's really, it is important to, to be able to live in a space where you are able to be interrupted. Yeah, and to figure part of your duty is to try to be there for people as much as you can. Whether or not that's the thing that would be the most fun for you right now or not. Because, you know, it's not necessarily uh, fun. I saw this funny um, uh, meme or quote uh, this week on Facebook. It's hard to tell whether it's a meme or quote, isn't it? I don't know what it is. Our generation, (laughs) was it a photo? Yeah, with a, words under it? It's a, it's a photo with words under it. I but, think that makes it a meme. Yeah, it could be. So it said, uh, being a pastor, and this is true of everybody, right? Like being in ministry, being in church, is is like walk, is like a walk in the park. Um, and then the guy said, I think the, the line underneath it was, it's the Jurassic Park, right? So it's <laughs> I was like, going to say like a park full of yeah, snarling yeah, wolverines yeah, or exactly. something. Uh, and, so, and carnivorous uh, plants. And I'm like, you know, I laughed through that. I thought it was kind of funny. And I thought, you know, that's, uh, that's actually true. Um, so was the picture a, a shot from Jurassic Park? No, it was just a green, a uh, greenish watermark. That would have made it more of a meme. That would have been, oh, okay, that would have been good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that was fair. But I think that that's actually what what I would love to to think about when it comes to church is that we should be a space that actually recognizes we're all walking through a Jurassic Park. And some of us have like, you know, don't have anything right really bad right then, but could we be able to pause a little bit more in people's lives? So uh, let me repeat that question one more time because um, our time's up. Uh, Kate Bowler, she's a Duke of Divinity School professor. She was diagnosed with stage four cancer at the age of 35. She said, churches in general are horrible at being sad. Have you ever noticed our tendency to jump to Easter Sunday? Is there any merit in reliving Good Friday? Think about that. Look after each other. Live love. Connect tonight. And we will uh, connect tomorrow as well. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.